the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome, everyone, to Southern California Live here on KKLA. I want to welcome everyone else as well that are listening all around the nation and perhaps even around the world through the KKLA website, iHeartRadio, maybe ChristianRadio.net or any other way you might be listening today. Welcome. My name is Ed Carlson, and I'll be your host for the next couple of days here on Southern California Live. And man, do we have a great show for you today. We have a couple incredible guests that I can't wait to get to, uh, along with two incredible topics that I'm hoping that uh, you are ready to talk about, because we also want to hear from you over the next couple hours. It is going to be a great day. Welcome to Southern California Live. Um, I know that you've got questions about the end times. I know that a lot of people do, and we're going to be talking about that here in the first hour. But before I introduce you to my first guest today and, and get this conversation started, let me give you my opening thoughts for today on the end times. I don't know if you're like me. I imagine that you are. But as we look around the world today, this world is at times absolutely crazy, isn't it? Never before have I been more convinced that the return of Jesus Christ and the rapture of the church is imminent. I have always believed in what we call the imminent return of Christ and the rapture of church. And when I say that, the imminency of Christ's return and the rapture of the church, what I mean is that nothing else must precede it and that it could come at any point in time. And in my opinion, though, from from what I read and study in Scripture, there is nothing else that would need to take place in our world in order for the church to be raptured. So the question that that rolls around in everyone's head, and maybe it's rolling around in your head, especially over the last year and a half, is our world has seemed to just kind of go tipsy-turvy and just has turned itself upside down at times. It has stressed all of us out. Uh, It has just been a, a, a crazy year and a half at least, maybe more for many people. But the question that rolls around in everyone's head and makes its rounds among Christian circles is this question. Are we living in the last days? And my answer to that is a simple yet emphatic yes. I believe that not only are we living in the end times, but we are living in the end of the end times. Yeah, I said at the end of the end times. And many times when we hear that question, uh, are we living in the last days? The answers that are given tend to uh, be generic uh, and rest on the crises that are happening in our world at the very moment. And even, I'll I'll take it a step further, often the answers to that question are also determined on the basis of how those crises that are going on in the world affect the United States, Uh, as if the the determining factor of what constitutes the last days uh, really centers everything around the United States. However, as we look at Scripture, the true determination of where history is moving and, and where we're at as a world prophetically is not how the world events just affect the United States, although that's part of it, but how they impact Jewish history since Israel has always been, and this is important to hear today, Israel has always been the timepiece that God has used to swing prophetic events. And, and, and here's the deal. Prophecy must always first be determined from Scripture's and then applied to current events. 
uh, rather than what happens a lot of times is current events are taking place. And then what happens, we take those current events and we kind of try to, to, to smush them into maybe some prophetic scripture in the Old Testament or even in the New Testament. Nevertheless, these are the last days. These are the last of the last days, because if we look at scripture, certain what we would call pre-tribulation events, and, and I, I want to come out in, in front, and I know that there's uh, people that maybe believe a little bit different, but I am a pre-trib rapture guy. I believe that the church of Jesus Christ will be raptured before the tribulation. There's many scriptural reasons that I have for that, but I know there's many that are mid-trib rapture folks, and, and praise the Lord, I, I know that you have a defense about that. But for our conversation today, uh, I'm, I'm coming from that standpoint. But certain pre-tribulation events have been fulfilled already, and the ones that are left to be fulfilled don't even necessarily require the church to be here. And so the reason we can say that, yes, we're living in the last days, and yes, the rapture of the church is imminent, is because we can deduce that the rapture is soon coming by just looking at Scripture to see what it says about events that must precede the end of the age. And so as we take a look to see what the Bible says, because if you're like me, I'm— I am interested in what the Bible has to say. There's a lot of folks that have a lot of things to say, and I don't want you just to take my word for it today. Let's look at Scripture to find out what does Scripture say about the end times? How can we know that we are living in the end of the end of the age? And so as we take a look to see what the Bible says about the end of this age, I believe that there's eight events, and I'm going to go through these because we're going to have a great, uh, a great special guest that's going to be on the show here just shortly but I believe that there are eight events that precede the Great Tribulation. And I'll briefly mention those before the end of this segment. But before I give, give those to you, let me give you this scripture. I think a lot of times we have a lot of conversations about big, important topics like end times. And later on in the next hour, we're going to be talking about abortion. That's going to be a big topic we're going to have a really good conversation about. But we many times don't go to scripture. So I want to go to scripture just right off the top of the bat today. And let's see what Jesus had to say about the end times. And in Matthew 24, he said this, he said, Jesus left the temple and was going away when his disciples came to point out to him the buildings of the temple. But he answered them, he says, you see all of these, do you not? Truly I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. He was talking about the temple. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be, talking about the temple, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered him and said, See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these things are but the beginning of the birth pains. And man, as we just read those last two verses, as we talk about nation rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, famines, earthquakes in various places. Man, if you will turn on the, the news or just read, I don't even know if anybody reads a newspaper anymore, but uh, if you go online and look at the uh, news, I'm telling you, every day we're seeing something catastrophic that is happening all throughout this world, whether it be an earthquake, famine, pestilence, uh, kingdoms are going against kingdoms. A nation, when it talks about that in the Bible, it's people groups against people groups. We've even seen that here, even in our own, uh, own country. And then look at this last verse in verse 9 and how it pushes us forward chronologically. It says this, Jesus says this, he says, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. 
So in the beginning of this chapter, verses 1 and 2, Jesus pronounced doom on the temple, which we know took place in AD 70. And this piqued the interest in the minds of the disciples. So they come to Jesus with these three questions in verse 3. And they ask this, when will these things be? Speaking about the destruction of the temple, because Jesus prophesied about that. Number two, they ask, what will be the sign of your coming? And then number three, what will be the sign of the end of the age? So it's this third question today. We don't have time to talk about all three of those questions, but it's this last question, this third question that is of concern today. What will be the sign of the end of the age? Now, that little term end of age is really important because in in typical Jewish expressions of time, uh, there was only two. Uh, It was this age, the one that they were living in, and when they said the age to come. And so this age is the age in which we live right now when we talk about this age, and the age to come is what Jews considered the messianic age. So the disciples are really asking this. They're saying, what is the sign that marks the end of this age, Jesus, that it has actually indeed begun? Well, negatively, he first tells them what what will be characteristic of this age, but that that none of them mean that the end of the age has begun. So neither the rise of false messiahs or local wars in any part of the world, we see that all the time, especially local wars in any part of the world, but neither of those indicate that the end of the age has begun. These are just general characteristics of the age, of this age. And then in verse 7, there's this change in tone and tense in the original language, and Jesus reveals that nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And then this is to be coupled with famines and earthquakes And he states that these things are the beginnings of birth pains. And so throughout prophetic scripture, the end days are always pictured by this word travail uh, in the old translation, which really just means birth pains. And one of the things that that really kind of uh, came to me over the last couple of years, you know, when we think about birth pains, if you've been a part of the church or you've listened to uh, prophecy teachers or you've read scripture, you, you think about birth pains. And when you think about birth pains, one of the things that you think about, especially if you're a parent or if you've had a child, or if you're, you're a mother or father, uh, when you think about birth pains, the thing that you think about is the increase of the, the, uh, just the pain and, and the, the, the seriousness of those birth pains. But one of the things that came to me uh, a couple years ago was not only, yes, as the time gets closer and closer to the Lord returning, not only are those birth pains going to get bigger and bigger, but what else happens when you're about to have a baby? the time frame between those birth pains begins to get shorter and shorter. And so is it not the case, uh, those that are listening uh, all over, isn't it not the case that it seems as though, especially over the last two, three, four years, maybe over the last half a decade, that the world events that have been taking place just come quicker and quicker and quicker. It seems like every day the news story is changing. Every week there is something big and new happening in the world that is just devastating. Now, remember what we've stated, that when we look at Scripture, we must view it through a Jewish context, not, our, not what I call our Anglo or American way of looking at it. So this Jewish idiom, nation against nation and kingdom against kingdom, when it's mentioned in Scripture, always refers to a total conflict in the area of, of, of view. And in Jesus' day, the expression of nation against nation and kingdom against kingdom was a, was a Jewish idiom of a world war preceding the coming of the Messiah. In fact, in Jewish culture, there is this uh, thing called the Bereshit Rabbah, which is a collection of rabbinic interpretations of Scripture that were written about 300 A.D., so not too much longer after the death and resurrection of Jesus, as well as the lives of, of those first apostles. But around 300 A.D., they wrote this uh, rabbinic interpretations of Scripture. And in that document, it says this, which is very interesting. 
It says, if you shall see kingdoms rising against each other in turn, or another back to back to back, then give heed and note the footsteps of the Messiah. So, so what does all of this have to do with the events that will precede the Great Tribulation? Well, the first time that such a complete worldwide conflict occurred was in 1914 and 1918. Now, there's probably not too many people that are alive right now that were alive back then, but if you know your history, 1914 to 1918, it was followed two decades later by a second worldwide conflict, which was just a continuation of the first. What was that sign? World War I or World War II. And you say, well, there's been a lot of battles. Why World War I or World War II is one of those eight signs that precedes a great tribulation? Well, because it fulfills the actual wording of kingdom against kingdom and nation against nation, one. And, that, and that's key. Both, but, but here's the real key of why those two, those two world wars are important. Both of those wars had a decisive impact on Jewish history. Remember what I said earlier, when we look at prophetic scripture and we look at end-time events that are going on in our world, we have to view it through a Jewish lens. And how does that impact Jewish culture and the Jewish people and Israel in general? But that First World War provided the impetus for the growth of the Zionist movement. And then the Second World War set the stage for the establishment of the state of Israel. So those two wars, that's a big deal. Those were the first two big things that really just set in motion the Zionist movement as well as the establishment of the state of Israel. Now the second sign, in my opinion, according to Scripture, as we look at what is this eight signs that precede the Great Tribulation— the second one is the reestablishment of Israel. And I think that this is probably one of the biggest ones ever. But in Ezekiel chapter 36, it tells of things that will happen before the day of Jehovah or the day of the Lord. So according to scripture, before the day of the Lord, which was we know as the great tribulation, the Lord will gather the nation of Israel and bring them into their own land again. Now we know that this happened in 1948 as the Jewish state was restored in fulfillment of prophecy. What an incredible fulfillment of prophecy. Now, the third sign goes right along with this one. This is a big one as well. The third sign is this, that Jerusalem controlled, is controlled by the Jewish people. Now, so not only the second sign being the reestablishment of the state of Israel. Remember, Israel had been uh, in nation, tons of nations all over the world. And back after World War II, they began to come back to, <clears throat> back in 1948 and, and established the, the, the state of Israel once more. But the third one is this, is that Jerusalem is controlled by the Jewish people. Now, common sense will tell you, because you probably are asking, well, when is the whole Antichrist piece coming? We're going to talk about that in a second. But, but common sense will tell you that in order for the Antichrist to make a seven-year covenant deal with the people of Israel, that not only would there need to be an actual nation of Israel, okay, we've got that, 1948, but that nation would also need to be controlled by Jewish leadership. Now, initially, it wasn't fully controlled by a Jewish leadership, but this was accomplished and fulfilled in what we know in history as the Six-Day War that happened in 1967. And that was against the Arab states of Egypt, Syria, and Jordan. Now, the result of that was the fulfillment of prophecy again, as Israel took over full control of their nation and also the old city of Jerusalem. That's a big key. So these first three signs or events that precede the Great Tribulation have already happened. We're already done. And guess what? The next four that I'm about to give you are yet to come. But here they are. Number four is the Northern Alliance invasion of Israel. Now, I would need much more time uh, to talk about this, but suffice it to say, we can find this part of prophetic fulfillment if you want to do the study, Ezekiel 38 and 39. But the result of this invasion will be a total and complete destruction by God of Israel's enemies in a miraculous fashion. Now, here's the key. 
to this one right here. And this is a, this is a key point. My belief here, my, I'm talking about my belief is that the rapture of the church will happen prior to this northern invasion of Israel. I wish I had more time to talk about why I believe that, but go to Ezekiel 38, 39. But my belief is that the rapture of the church will happen prior to the northern invasion of Israel, northern invasion of Israel, which will leave the world in upheaval. I'm talking about the rapture. The rapture will leave this world in an upheaval. And during that upheaval, we will see this northern alliance try to invade Israel. It'll play, the world will be a place of chaos after the rapture. It'll be a perfect time for these northern invaders to try to come in and invade Israel. But the Bible says they are miraculously defeated, and all that chaos together will usher in, which is the fifth one, it'll usher in this, a one-world government system. Now, this fifth birth pain leading up to the Great Tribulation, this development of a one-world government, someday very soon, the world as we know it, this east-west type of structure, because that's the kind of structure that we have right now in our world. Uh, it's going to give way to a one-world government. We already see pieces of that, and we're going to talk a little bit perhaps about that with uh, my guest here in just a second. But in light of the previous event, imagine this northern alliance invasion of Israel in Ezekiel 38. This eastern balance of power uh, will collapse due to the fall of the Russian forces and their allies. Uh, with the chaos that ensues, it will open the way for a one-world government. But then during that one-world government, the Bible says that the next thing that will happen, there will be ten kingdoms. Now, this one-world government will eventually and quickly spit up into ten kingdoms, or what you would call governing authorities, according to Daniel 7. And these ten kingdoms will cover the whole earth. It will be kind of a new geographical and political setup. And and uh, I know that may sound to you right now just absolutely impossible, but... I want you just to think about some of the things that have happened in our world over the last couple of years and how quickly it's happened. But this 10 kingdom stage will continue into the middle of the tribulation. And then we get to the seventh one, which is the rise of the Antichrist. Now, I want you to understand my take here today. My take is that the rapture of the church does not start the great tribulation. The signing of the seven-year peace treaty with Israel and the Antichrist starts the seven-year clock of the Great Tribulation. Now, following the division, this rise of the Antichrist, following the division of the world into ten kingdoms, the Antichrist, it says in Daniel 7, will begin to rise to power. And the Antichrist's identity and rise to power is a biblical necessity since the tribulation begins with the signing of the seven-year covenant. He must be a significant political power at that time to be able to do that. And then what begins to happen is this Antichrist will sign a seven-year covenant between the Antichrist and Israel. And quite often we hear something about Middle East peace talks or lack thereof. But regardless, at some point in the near future, they will be completed and this will be the sign. The start of the seven-year period known as the Tribulation. In Isaiah 28, the Bible also calls this seven-year contract the covenant of death. The Jewish nation will think the covenant will be one of peace, safety, and protection, from the surrounding nations, but she will discover to her horror that the covenant of safety will be, in fact, a covenant of death, or what the Bible calls a pact with Sheol. Now remember, it's not the rapture of the saints that begins the tribulation, but this event right here. And I just want to give you just a few words here about some current issues that are happening in our world that should tell every single one of us that the, that the, the rapture of the church is coming, that the tribulation is about to take place, we, we, we have faced, and we're going to be talking about this in, in, in the days and in moments to come, but we, we, have, we have seen the blurring of moral lines 
more than ever before. We have seen this battle of sexuality that has just rocketed into our culture, especially over the last few years. Uh, we, we have had this, uh, this new topic of mandated vaccines, and, 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 and we're going to talk about that a lot tomorrow and a little bit maybe with my friend here, John Howard, in just a second. But, but I want you not to get caught up. I, I encourage everybody that's listening, do not get caught up with what's happening in the world and just got caught up with the, the, the saying that I like is don't get caught up with, with the forest. Don't get caught from the forest from the trees. Sometimes we have to kind of elevate ourselves and get in God's word and spend some time in, in prayer in his presence. And say, okay, what is really going on here? And that's maybe a question we can all ask anytime something happens or we see this world going crazy is ask this question, what is really going on? And so as we begin to talk about that and, and mandated vaccines, vaccine passports, things that are going around the, all around the world, uh, that we see this rise, this, this really continual rise of what the Bible calls the spirit of lawlessness or the spirit of the Antichrist. We have so much going on in our world today, and that's why I wanted to start the show off today talking about that because I believe we don't talk enough about it. There are so many things going on in our world that point, that are signs, that are birth pains to let us know that the end is soon to come. And so I want to talk about it with you, and, and we want to make sure that you have uh, time to talk about it as well. So we're going to be taking calls in our second and third segment. So we want to make sure that you have the opportunity to do that. Uh, I want to just give you that number right now. It's 888-52-TALKS. That, that's 888-52-TALKS. Uh, another way you could dial it in is 888-528-2557. That's 888-528-2557. Well, we got a break, but when we come back, we're going to be continuing this conversation with my friend, business owner, Air Force veteran, lover of Jesus, and student of biblical prophecy, John Howard. You are listening to Southern California Live. This is Ed Carlson here on 99.5 KKLA. We're seeing some bad stuff happening in the world right now. These are just birth pains. People say, Jimmy, are we in the tribulation? Absolutely not. This is nothing. This is a Sunday school party compared to the tribulation. But these are birth pains. Jesus was asking Matthew 24, what are the signs of the end? He said there's going to be nation rising against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There's going to be problems in various places. He said there will be famines, earthquakes, and pestilences. COVID-19. These are just the beginning of birth pains. We're in the birth pangs. And the ladies know this. We men know this by observation. And that is when you're having a baby, you start having birth pangs. And they start not so bad. Now, not so bad because we're men. Okay, so we would be in the hospital weeping. But they start not so bad. And then they get worse and closer together and worse and closer together. And you can tell how close you are to having the baby by how intense the birth pangs are. Listen to me. I've never seen anything like what's happening in the world right now. The severity of COVID-19, and we have teachers in our public schools that are telling us that they, they can no longer call boys and girls boys and girls. And in the paper this morning, there is a Satanist, atheist, transsexual that just won an election for sheriff somewhere in America. The evil that is in the world today... What is happening in the world today, these are severe birth pains, and it's about to birth the return of Jesus Christ. That was Jimmy Evans talking about exactly what we've been talking about in our first segment. Folks, we are living in the end of the end times. This world 
is in a heap of a mess. Do not mistake it. This world is in a heap of a mess, and it is on a one-way collision course with judgment. But we shouldn't be surprised. If you've even cracked open and studied some of the prophetic literature in the Bible, you knew it was heading this way. And guess what, folks? It's here. It is on our doorstep. But man, doesn't it seem to be moving in that direction at a far more rapid pace than ever before? Well, welcome back, everyone. This is Ed Carlson, your host for the next couple of days here on Southern California Live. We are live here from the studios in Glendale, and I'm just excited to have you with us today. And I will be with you today and tomorrow here on KKLA from 3 to 5 p.m. So listen in, have your friends and family listen in, because we have some great shows over the next couple days, and we also we want to hear from you. I don't know about you, but I'm excited to see Jesus. I'm excited to say goodbye to this world and say hello to eternity. And with our world in the darkness and chaos that it is in, man, it makes heaven sound sweeter every day. Well, hey, we want to hear from you. We've got some calls that already lined up here, but we want to hear from you. So if you have a question, a comment, or a take on what we're talking about, we want to hear from you. So give us a call right now at 888-52-TALKS. That's 888-52-TALKS. You can also call 888-528-2557. Well, My next guest is a great friend of mine. In fact, we have known each other. I was thinking about this. We have known each other since the late 80s because we actually went to school together. That kind of gives you my age a little bit. And we're going to continue this conversation on the end times because him and I love to talk about end times and we are both ardent students of this topic. But my friend John Howard was raised in Compton, California and is currently the owner operator of the Chick-fil-A restaurant at the Long Beach Town Center. John has been in business there for 15 years after opening in April 2006. Prior to his Chick-fil-A career, and I love this story, John served 10 honorable years as a U.S. Air Force pilot flying the C-130. That's one of the ones that my dad flew in on worldwide counter-drug and presidential support missions. Uh, The highlight of his flying career was on the afternoon of September 11, 2001, when John and his crew flew a transplant liver organ from Nashville, Tennessee, to a baby donor recipient called Baby Karina in Houston, Texas, after all aircraft have been ordered to be grounded. We'll ask him a little bit about that, because that's such a great story. He loves being active in his local church, his community, and believes in giving back to help others whenever possible. He has three beautiful daughters and enjoys leading and sharing with his family, friends, and his 90 Chick-fil-A team members, many of whom range from ages 18 to 25. John, my good friend, welcome to the show. Yes, Pastor Ed, so good to be here. I'm just fired up for all the stuff you were talking about earlier. Yeah, we, you and I have had a uh, conversation. The fact I just uh, spent uh, a Sunday afternoon with you and a bunch of great folks that uh, meet at uh, actually meet, that meet and, 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 and talking about end time stuff. And so it was just a great time. But, you know, John, I want to talk about this. It's such, you know, we, are, I, we don't have a lot of time today, so I know we're not going to be able to talk about everything. But, um, I want to get your take on what's going on in the world right now and and how it gives us a, a, a sign. They're all birth pains, right? So kind of give me your take, a real quick couple-minute take on what's happening in the world and, and what you are seeing and how it points to the rapture of the Church. Absolutely. Well, I think the first thing we need to establish is prophecy. What is prophecy? Yeah. And I think Chuck Missler put it best. He said, prophecy is writing history before it happens. Mm, and all that we're seeing has been prophesied for like 2,000 years, and even before that, probably three, probably 2,500 to 3,000 years ago through the book of Daniel, Zechariah, a lot of these things that have been written and prophesied up to John the Revelator 2,000 years ago is finally coming to pass in our lifetime, yeah. which 
you know, when we were in high school back in the late 80s, like you said, we didn't know that this would happen in our lifetime. We always heard about it. But things are actually coming into fruition. And it's not just one isolated incident here. It's not just an earthquake every now and then. It's not just crazy things going on in politics. It's not just crazy things going on with pestilences, as we just experienced in 2020. But for the first time in history worldwide, these things are converging. And John, and yeah, and John, there you you, you kind of uh, briefly kind of uh, mentioned it. It's not just the the intensity of these things, but it is the frequency of these things. Absolutely, and I think what you mentioned earlier about birth pangs. I think we can talk to any mother listening right now who's been through that. They will tell you that they increase in intensity and frequency, and that's what we're seeing every day. My mother always said, you know, when I was growing up in the forties. There was big news every now and then, and now we wake up every day, and there's like five or six headlines. So things are definitely increasing in intensity and frequency for sure, Ed. Yeah, and John, we, we, you know, if we're not careful, and this is all of us, myself, yourself included, but any uh, follower of Christ out there, if we're not careful, and, and as we, because they are at such intensity and frequency, if we're not careful, when we read the news or watch the news or go online and, and see this stuff that is changing every day, it can really have a... A, a negative impact on our, on our spirit. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. And this is where we have to be, stay encouraged. We have to stay in the word. We have to pray. It don't sound like cliches, but yeah, I think I a lot of the believers in the church have taken that for granted. Like we literally have to get in the word. We have to pray. We have to get around other strong believers that are encouraging us, especially in these last and evil days. Uh, you won't be able to stand by yourself. I mean, community is so important. Uh, like you mentioned, us getting together on Sunday, get together at your local church. You need to have this encouragement because things are wrapping up. Yeah, things are wrapping. I love that. I love how you said that. They're wrapping up, folks. They are wrapping up, and they're coming quick. And and uh, my my mom and, and God bless her. She's with the Lord. I know you just lost your mom, and my heart goes yeah. out to you for that man. But she used they're, to. St- they're hanging out together right now. They are. They are. But my mom used to tell me this. You know, when I was, uh, you know, back in the late eighties, early nineties, yeah, uh, you know, maybe not necessarily living for the Lord. She used, she used to tell me all the time, "You better get, you better get right or get left, son." You know. That's <laughs> so right. get right she was or saying, That's they right. say, listen, right. Jesus is coming soon. You better get your life right. And I, I, maybe I need That's to say that right. to our listening audience, man. Maybe you're out there and you're not, uh, you, you love Jesus, but maybe you just haven't been walking with him the way you're supposed to. As my mom, mom Sharon used to say, hey, get right or get left. And uh, That's so, right. uh, and John, and, I want well, I'm glad you, go ahead. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because Hebrews 9, 27, 28 talks about that. It said he will appear a second time, but the, but the phrase before that. It says, to those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time. So Mm, if you're waiting for him, if you're looking for him, you're going to see him. Amen. Now, John, I want to talk about this real quickly, and and I want to keep you over into our third segment, if that's okay with you. Sure. Uh, We've got some calls that are lining up right now already, and I just want to let you know if you're -hmm. you're hanging on the line right now. I I see Eric in La Mirada. We have some other ones that are are, uh, calling in right now. Just hold steady. We're going to definitely get to you. But real quick, I I, want to talk about this, the vaccine, just a little bit. And these uh, vaccine mandates just a little bit. I, I don't want to get into, you know, whether people need to take the vaccine or not. I, I, we don't have enough time to talk about that. But what I do mm-hmm. want to talk about real quickly, we both agree that the vaccine is not the mark of the beast, right? So those out there think it's, mm-hmm. a mark, it's, it's not, not the mark of the beast. Correct. But it is a sign, and it's kind of a, 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 a what we had talked about, um, a, uh, a smoke, not a smoke screen, but it is, it's kind of like a, it's a trial run. So talk about that just for about a minute. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like going to a movie and 
you know, the previews are on for the first 15 minutes. Some people are in the lobby getting popcorn. Some people are using the bathroom. Some people are tuned into the previews. I'm one of those guys. I like to tune into the previews. This is a preview. Now, for the first time in world history, there has never been a hint of anything. Mark my word. Never in, the, in, in world history has there ever been a hint of anything suggesting that you will not be able to buy or sell yep. unless you have some type of proof. Absolutely. And the vaccine, and not just the vaccine, but the verification and or the proof of that vaccine is conditioning for the Revelation 13 mark of the beast, which should be unfolded during the Great Tribulation. Yeah. And again, folks, we're not saying, we're not saying at all. We do not believe that this vaccine is a mark of the beast. Let's not get it twisted Correct. today. But John said it exactly right. This is a test run. Right. This is a preview. Uh, and sometimes God loves us so much. He gives us these previews of saying, hey, I told you I was coming soon. It's coming close. It's wrapping up. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so good. That's so good. Well, I've got a, a few things here, uh, some uh, different articles that I brought up, and I want to talk about them in the next uh, segment, the last segment that we have, but also take some of the calls. Uh, but we have so much to talk about uh, today. Uh, man, I wish John would. Uh, I'm gonna have to have you definitely come back at a later date, and so we can really Eddie, you just know, unlock I'm, this. I'm here available whenever you want, but dude, you, know, you, you you are the man. You're one of my favorite people. And, and uh, listen, John, uh, John's gonna stay with us for a few more short minutes on the other side of the break. And but we have a quick break that we're coming up against. Uh, but we will return shortly to close out our conversation with John on all these things in times. And we'll talk with you as well. So call us at 888-52-TALKS. That's 888-52-TALKS. Uh, or you can call 888-528-2557. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to 99.5 KKLA. Welcome back, everyone, to Southern California Live here on KKLA. I am your host, Ed Carlson, and we have been talking with my good friend, John Howard, on all things end times. John, it's been such a pleasure to have you with us over the last 20 minutes or so, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for being here today. Um, So let me do this. We have a call. We have Erica from La Mirada that has been waiting, uh, and so... Uh, she has a question for us with regards to the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem. America, are you there? I am. Awesome, America. Thank you for holding. Uh, I you've been holding for a while now. I thank you so much for doing that. Uh, give us your question real quick, and then myself and and or John will do our best to answer it. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, at the beginning of um, of your talk show, I heard um, the speaker say that he believed that everything that needed to happen. For Christ's return, he believes already happened. But in church, I've always been taught that the temple in Israel needs to be re- rebuilt before Christ's return, and it hasn't. So I'm a bit confused. Yeah, that's a great question, Erica. Uh, again, thank you for uh, holding on, and thank you for that uh, question. It's a great question. Um, we we have to be careful not to be. Let me answer this, and I'll get hand it over to you, John, uh, and you can add to this. We have to be careful not to confuse the return of Christ the second coming of Christ with the rapture of the church. 
uh, the Bible is very clear that there's those are two separate events. The rapture of the church uh, is where all believers in Christ are raptured, and they uh, they are with Christ at that moment. The Bible says that that you and I will meet Him in the air. Now, Christ will not touch down; that will not place His foot on this earth, according to Scripture, till after that tribulation. But the rapture of the church. Now, now, in order for the rapture of the church to take place, will the temple in Jerusalem need to be rebuilt fully? I don't believe so. I don't believe that there's anything in Scripture that talks about that. Uh, will it need to be rebuilt in, in order for the abomination of desolation to take place in the midpoint of the tribulation? Absolutely. But uh, we're gonna t- we can talk about, I wish we had more time, but uh, that, that temple right now, Erica, uh, if the rapture of the church were to happen today, and, and Lord, let it be, but if it were to happen today, my understanding is that that temple uh, in Jerusalem could, re- be, but could be rebuilt with not, not, not years, but within months. Uh, John, did you want to add something to that? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, you can uh, go to the Temple Institute, just Google the Temple Institute. I believe about four or five years ago, they actually rolled out a kind of 3D blueprint of the temple. Uh, they're literally ready to build that temple any day. I think they're just waiting on an international agreement for the sharing of the temple. And uh, if they were, like Eddie mentioned earlier, if uh, there was an international agreement and the Jews were allowed to build their temple, uh, with the seven-year peace treaty, they would that would be one of the first things they would do. They're ready. They have artifacts. They have prints ready to go. If you look at the Temple Institute, you can see what they're ready to build. I call it the Antichrist Temple because it it is the temple they will build, and the abomin- abomination of desolation will take place in that temple exactly 3.5 years prior to the Messiah's return. Yeah. So, Erica, uh, yes, the, the the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem does need to happen in order for those things to be fulfilled in the tribulation. But that is one of the main one one of many reasons that I'm a pre-trib rapture type of person. Uh, the rapture of the church could take place at any moment. So uh, the temple in Jerusalem does need to be rebuilt for the rapture to take place, but yes, it would need to take place in order for those things to take place, uh, especially during the midpoint of the tribulation. Does that make sense, Erica? Are you there? Erica, are you there? Hello? All right, does that make sense for you? Yes, it does. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks for calling. Uh, I want to encourage you. you my question. What's that? Thanks for taking my question. Oh, of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. I thank you for calling. We'll call us back anytime. Will do. Thank you. Awesome. Have That's, a good yeah, you too. That's a great question by Erica, and I know a lot of people kind of get those things confused uh, with regards to some of those things like the rebuilding of the temple and some other things that take place during the tribulation, but those things are not prerequisites for the rapture of the church. The rapture of the church is what you and I, uh, folks that are out there listening that are followers of Jesus, that's the thing that is the most important uh, to us right now is the rapture of the church. We don't want to miss that. And uh, so that could happen at any moment. Uh, John, I got just a couple things uh, that I wanted to just kind of throw, just some, some articles that I've come across over the last, say, say few weeks that just are, again, more signs uh, that point to not only the rapture, but the soon, the, just, the, the, just the end of the end of the end coming, the, what, what you say, it's wrapping all up. But a couple of that really kind of uh, just really stood out to me um, was this article that I, the, the title of the article says, Graphene-Based Neuromodulation Technology is Real. A press release from InBrain Neuroelectronics describes brain-controlling biocircuits using AI-powered graphene uh, with an increasing number of people becoming aware um, uh, says becoming aware 
of graphene oxide being identified in COVID vaccines, a company called InBrain Neuroelectronics demonstrates that graphene-based neuromodulation technology using AI-powered neuroelectronics is very real. I just thought that was an, a really unique and just almost crazy, like blow, you know, like just mind blown type of thing. Have you heard anything about this? Uh, yes, and uh, are you you're speaking? I kind of missed the first part of what you said, Ed, but you said the the uh, technology used for. The graphene-based, so there's this graphene-based neuromodulation technology that they okay. are able to put in, uh, have been able to put in and control biocircuits in your brain, number one. But I know also there's this graphene-based type of tattoo thing that the technology is also there. Talk about those things. Yeah, I believe the University of Texas developed this recently, maybe earlier, the last part of 2020, first part of 2021. Uh, but if you look at Revelation 13, where it talks about a mark, if you look at that word in the Greek, it actually uh, speaks to a tattoo or some type of, I, I, for lack of a better term, a mark or a tattoo that could be applied that everyone will have to kind of be under the sway of in order to buy, sell, or trade. Um, this graphene tattoo has been developed, I want to say, by the University of Texas, and at, in about three years, they believe they can have this fully implemented where it can control uh, biofunctions. It, it may be used to um, infuse some type of vaccination, quote-unquote, into a body. It's traceable. It's trackable. It sticks to the skin as if it's part of the skin. Um, again, never in the history of the world has anything been developed like this that could uh, come to fruition in the Great Tribulation until now. And if they are looking at this being implemented by 2024, that's the main reason why we see vaccination verifications kind of ramping up right now all over the world. And again, like you said, John, and, and I echoed, again, we're not saying that this vaccine or anything like that is the mark of the beast. But what we're saying, it is a preview. Uh, things are being set up. If you do not think that the prince, the power of the air is at work, uh, right. then you're sadly mistaken. One of the other ones that I saw, John, and gosh, there's so many things that we could talk about, but one of the ones, uh, one of the, the things that really got my attention as well, uh, not only the severe drought that we're seeing, not only in California, but all over, that's another biblical sign. Uh, there was 800 tons of dead sea life that washed up in Tampa Bay about a month or so ago, which is uniquely mm -hmm. weird. Uh, the fires that are just out of control, especially here in California. I uh, mm -hmm. wish I could talk about that, the whole uh, prophecy about a third of the trees and, and how we in California have uh, some of the, the biggest amounts of trees in the United States and in the world, really. Uh, but the other one that really kind of, and I just want you to say a few words about it before we, we close here, um, uh, Israeli lawmakers discuss preparation for access to Third Temple. And, and here's just the, the opening thing. It said, Arriving at the Temple Mount must be central. This, these are uh, Israeli uh, Jewish lawmakers. Uh, mm -hmm. They're Knesset. Uh, says, Arriving at the Temple Mount must be central and not on the sidelines. Listen to that. This has wow. to be an important aspect of our national infrastructure. How can the entrance to the Temple Mount be a temporary structure? We return to our land. We need to think about how people will go to the Temple Mount once the temple is rebuilt. It may not be an immediate need since it will take a day or two to build it. <laughs> a day or two. Uh, that's, mm. that's how the Jews believe and how fast they can make this happen. But in the mm. short term, the entrance to the Temple Mount, the holiest site to the Jewish people, cannot be like this. It cannot be temporary. That was from Rothman, uh, the, one of the, the, for lack of a better term, our, what our Congress people would be. But uh, mm -hmm. that's one of theirs. Uh, talk about that a little bit. We talked a little bit about it with Erica, but it, that, this is a real deal, man. This thing is happening. 
It is. It is. And I, I think it begs to answer the question, what will the Jews be willing to give up in exchange for the ability to build this, or the permission to build this temple? Mm-hmm. Um, we know it's going to be a sharing arrangement. How do we know that? Revelation 11, 2, uh, John wrote that, you know, they were to exclude the outer court, don't measure it, because it's been given to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. And they will trample on the Holy City for 42 months, uh, John wrote in 11.2. So there will be an arrangement. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know who's going to broker the deal. I can't tell you who the Antichrist now is now, but I can tell you there will come a world figure that will broker this deal that will allow the Jews to build their temple. Yep. And you can see they're thirsty for it. I mean, that article that you just read points to it, yeah. and it, it's ready to go in the drop of a hat. John, I could sit here and talk for the next five hours, and I bet you the folks that are listening on the radio would love it. But we can't, but we're up against <laughs> our, our break here in the hour. But, John, That's I just right. want to thank you so much, man, for joining us today. I greatly appreciate it, and I know our listeners appreciate it as well. Just real quick, within like 10 seconds, how can our listeners get a hold of you if they have a question or just want to follow you? Oh, you know what? Email me, johnahoward3 at yahoo.com. Say that one John more time. A, John A. Howard, J-O-H-N-A, Howard, H-O-W-A-R-D, just the number three, at yahoo.com. Awesome. John, thank you so much, brother. I will talk to you soon, and I'll, I'll actually see you this weekend. Pastor Ed, thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you this weekend. I appreciate everything, but you're doing a great job, uh, and uh, just a blessing to all our listeners, and thank you all for your time. Awesome. We'll talk to you soon, brother. I want to encourage you all that when you're in uh, Long Beach area, go to support my man John Howard and his Chick-fil-A at the Long Beach Town Center. All of the Chick-fil-A's are great, but honestly, man, this guy runs one of the best around. Tell him Ed Carson, Carlson sent you, and maybe you'll get you a free Chick-fil-A sauce or something. But uh, thank you so much, guys. The stage is set. The signs of the times are already here. As Scripture has said, the spirit of the Antichrist is already among us. The rapture of the church and the glorious appearing of Christ is coming quickly. Get ready. I believe he is already at the doorsteps of heaven waiting for the final cue from the Father. Look up, for your redemption is drawing near. I'm Ed Carlson. This is KKLA, and you're listening to Southern California Live. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.